Better late than never! <laughs> the following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Welcome to Flash Gordon Minute, presenting your hosts from Minute of Darkness and the Cosmic Geppetto Podcast, Brad, and introducing your intrepid explorer of Planet Mongo, Eric. We're at Minute 5 of Flash Gordon Minute. Eric, how are you? I am great because I am on the cover of People magazine my life is looking up. I, it was just – and that's one of the things where I've seen this movie enough times and all I just think is like, oh, it's a magazine with Flash on the cover. Makes sense and just gives you an idea how famous he is. But then realizing that he's an athlete – and I just wonder how many athletes are on the front cover of People magazine? Yeah, it really stuck out to me that they did not – the producers did not use Sports Illustrated, the sporting news, or even just make up some fake – sports magazine it, it it's odd that it's people magazine i mean who who and i was oj simpson on the cover of people during his trial i can't think of an athlete on the cover of people magazine it's, I'm, I'm sure it's happened i bet if you went through you could probably find tom brady uh, but that's because wayne gretzky michael jordan yeah I, yeah it, it makes sense and i think especially brady because the whole thing is it has to be one of those athletes who sort of weirdly becomes a celebrity outside of being an athlete where Tom Brady ha- is married to Giselle and has a lot of has done a lot of cameos in movies and had some uh, success with advertising sort of same with Peyton Manning where people would go about it with that view is like wow he's burning up TV as a spokesperson and not just an athlete because you would expect him to make up like NFL life or some like fake yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's People Magazine. Well, and also I uh, I, I, I zoomed in, had to really zoom in because uh, I always had wondered what was the sub headline. It just says Flash Gordon in, in the in the font, in our lovely Flash Gordon font. I zoomed in, I, I isolated that image and I zoomed in on a JPEG and it says Super Bowl Superhero is the sub headline under his name on the cover. So... The implication is, I mean, well, I guess it's People magazine, but in other words, they're not necessarily focusing on that celebrity aspect of it. You know, Super Bowl superhero sort of implies they're going to be talking a lot about the athletic accomplishments, which, again, is just that's not People magazine. And I know my wife has had subscriptions to People magazine over the course uh, every now and then. Yeah, it's one of those things where uh, some kids show up selling magazine subscriptions and she's like, oh, I'll get People magazine for six months. I, I don't remember them ever caring about the Super Bowl aside from ahead of time talking about who's going to be the halftime performer. Like they'll actually do reviews of the performance as well. Like that's where they attack it because there's actual magazines to talk about sports. But uh, as this minute begins, we're in the air. We're getting more hot hail. Although I, I, no, I think these are the first. Is that still hot hail or are these the first chunks of the moon that we're seeing fall that we learn in a couple of minutes in Zarkov's lab? I was just thought of it as hot hail, but you're probably right. It's probably the moon uh, or the moon rocks or whatever it is. Um, whatever it is, people are way too calm about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're right. You know, I, I, this just occurred to me right now. Why are there planes taking off if hot meteors are falling from the sky? 
Yeah, and all these disasters are going on. And uh, you know what? I think people should either be going to shelters or their local church to pray. <laughs> it definitely sounds like some uh, some bad stuff is going down. And uh, Flash and everyone is way too calm about it. Um, this is a weird scene where uh, – and, and I always find movies like this interesting where – you have all the secondary characters. It seems like their only purpose in life is just to talk about how cool the main character is. And the pilots are definitely way too into Flash. <laughs> he's not, the, the co-pilot's not even flying the plane. He's reading the People magazine. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, well, I hope, you know, and they're talking about, like, I, you know, hope Flash can follow up next year. And and then their reaction, as, as much as they're into Flash and they're talking about him, and then he actually shows up. And there's no asking for his autograph. It's, it's a weird take on it. They definitely, the writers and directors definitely want us to know for certain that Flash is a football player. It's like, because that weird line where uh, there's nothing to worry about, by the way, there's flaming rocks flying from the sky. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's nothing that you would want to throw a third down pass <laughs> through. Yeah, and they, and they all give that, uh, f- like, little chuckle that would come at the end of like the chips episode with the free frame laugh. Oh, third down pass. Oh. Oh, just, just I always get a kick out of movies that have that piece of dialogue where they just need the viewers to know how cool the main character is. And it's something that's big in action movies. Uh, specifically, I'm sad to say uh, being someone who grew up in the eighties uh, and nineties, I watched way too many Steven Seagal movies. <laughs> and every Steven Seagal movie would have a scene where – and it was usually the bad guys would have a scene where they would talk about how cool and how tough Steven Seagal's character was. Uh, and it would often end up – you know, you would see all of the really tough bad guys who just blew up, all these uh, – who, who just you know mowed down uh, opposing soldiers and showed that they're an elite fighting force. And then they find out that Steven Seagal, as Casey Ryback, is, uh, is coming for them. is like – Oh, no, not Casey Ryback. And then they would have, like, the main bad guy narrating how tough Casey Ryback is. He would narrate this over a scene of Steven Seagal just mowing down lesser <laughs> bad guys. It's a, a cheap way of, like, telling, not showing. And there's a little bit of that where here – and they're not doing it too bad here. They just need some way for us to know that he's a football player because I guess him showing up in his Jets uniform would be uh, inappropriate. Yeah, it'd be a little odd, especially since it's the Jets. Yeah, nobody wants to wear a Jets uh, uniform. You live in uh, Eric. You live in New York, New York City. And I grew up in New York, also. Uh, you've been exposed to the Jets for a long time. When was their last good period? Again, they've had uh, they've been able to string together a couple winning seasons here or there. But when was the last time the Jets were an elite football team? I think, and again, I, I, even though I live in New York, I don't follow them. But I feel like maybe seven, eight, nine years ago, they made the. AFC Conference Championship two years in a row and lost it both times. So that was the Rex Ryan era? Yeah, yeah, the rec- when Rex Ryan was the coach, yeah. And that was even weird because, yeah, they, they had the winning seasons. They weren't quite able to get over the hump, but and Ryan definitely has um, some pluses as a coach, and he's a solid uh, defensive mind, but also a little bit of a lunatic in the vein of his father, Buddy Ryan, who, uh, as an Eagles fan, I remember the Buddy era. And even when they were good, if perhaps you can confirm this, even during that era where they were good, you still feel like it was a team that was about ready to fall apart because Rex wasn't going to be able to 
keep everyone from hating each other and hating him. Even when the Jets win, they lose. Did, did anyone believe Mark Sanchez was the real deal? <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Let's get back to uh, Flash here. We get this really long shot of the plane going down the runway when it takes off. Why? It's it's not a beautiful shot. It's not a technically difficult shot. It's this, you know, little small plane taken off a runway. It, it's like a 15-second long shot, and I'm just not really sure why we have it. it. It's not visually catching. It's not a beautiful sunset that they're flying off into. Yeah, you're right. Uh, there was just some padding going on. Yeah, I feel like this is a lazy minute because we get that. We get the pilot is calling in, uh, I guess, to the air traffic controller. He identifies the flight as Green Mountain Airways 123. I think the razor just the the writer just got a little lazy there, you know. One two three, whatever. Green Green Mountain Airways oh seven three. I just anything other than one two three. Yeah, it feels like the writer just wrote that down and was going to come back to that and change it and forgot. Yeah. <laughs> this was not the computer cut and paste era, so you know, you actually have to go uh, and type over stuff. So it was just yeah, they'll, they'll they'll make they'll ad lib something. Nobody's ad libbing in this movie. S- Sam Jones is definitely not someone who's going to you know play with the lines because it's just too much to ask of poor Sam. <laughs> now we do hear Ming laugh. The plane hits some turbulence. We hear that great Ming laugh. So here's a question for you. Is that for our benefit as the listeners, uh, the viewers, or do the pilots actually hear that laugh? I'm going to make a controversial statement. I think the pilots hear it. Uh, we're going to see crazy stuff in the, in the coming minutes for the poor pilots. Yeah, I think uh, I think that might be the last thing those pilots hear is that laugh. And they're like, wait, wait a minute. And uh, so I don't think that's just for the viewers. I think, uh, I think the pilots... I think Ming really likes to play with his food, and part of that is, which is bonkers in and of itself, is something that I'm excited to talk about because this stuff is crazy. But uh, yeah, I, I think the I, I think they hear it as well. What, what's what's your take on it? I, I definitely think so, but I think I think that they don't comment on it because I think it would be so outrageous for them to even consider hearing a a, a laugh while they're flying up and you know up there with these guys are probably pros have been doing it a long time they probably chalked it up to just the turbulence or wind or you know they just heard something that wasn't really there and that's why we don't see them re- to react to it at all but the, i i feel like they hear too yeah it's probably the next minute we know that they see him what else uh, what else from this minute jumped out at jerk talking about the pilots uh the pilot on the right is an actor named john morton He's key because he's one of the first of several actors we're going to see in this movie who have a connection to Star Wars. He plays Dak, Luke's gunner, during the Hoth battle in The Empire Strikes Back. And in addition, in The Empire Strikes Back, the actor who played Boba Fett, whose name is Jeremy Bullock, at one point plays an Imperial officer uh, uh, when they're in Cloud City. And so they needed somebody to body double him and be in the Fett suit while Bullock was playing the Imperial officer in this one shot. And they're similar builds, so John Morton put on the Fett suit for one shot when Fett and Darth Vader um, talk to each other during Han Solo's torture scene. So uh, later on in the movie, we'll, we'll, we'll always point this out, but there are several actors here who also have a Star Wars connection, and this is our first one. I'm actually looking at uh, a, a picture right now of John Morton in the Boba Fett costume i and i hope there this is it's on his imdb page it's him as boba fett looking at vader with billy d williams looking really damn cool in the background man there's only so many people that got to wear that that uniform the boba fett gear possibly 
the coolest costume in the world of science fiction. So uh, that's that's something to hang your hat on. Absolutely. Very cool. Uh, what else you got? Well, the only other thing is, you know, I know we, we briefly in a couple of previous episodes, we touched on the Flash shirt. We kind of see him actually wearing it now that he's on the plane. And I, I just, I love the attitude, ego of someone who would wear a shirt with your own first name on it. So it's like you were walking around with a shirt that just says Brad, walking down the street, just Brad. You know, I, just, I love the, the ego it would take to do something like that. And it also makes me feel like, is Flash his actual name? Is his birth name Flash Gordon? Or is it a nickname? That's a, that's a really good question. You know, that's, a, that's another piece of research that we'll have to do for next week. It can't be his name. Nobody's naming their kid. It can't be, right? He's wearing the shirt. It, it doesn't seem to be ironically, and we've only had a few minutes of Flash so far. He doesn't come across as a particularly egotistical or self-involved or self-centered guy. Definitely confident, but not arrogant. Really doesn't make any sense for him to be wearing the shirt. <laughs> yeah, not at all. And that's what's so great about it. I wonder if there's somewhere a cutting room floor of his agent saying, he's like, Flash, you got to wear this shirt. Come on. It's marketing. Because that's the only way it makes sense of him wearing this, because I just don't see him doing it. But uh, but it's such a cool shirt. I, I think if someone could make a Brad shirt that cool, I might wear it. <laughs> uh, this is sort of a short minute. It, it, was there anything else that, uh, that, that you wanted to touch upon? No, there's not, there's not much going on in this minute. One thing I wanted to and call out or ask you about, Flash, again, this is a character that started in the 30s in the comic strip, and there's been... Comic strips and comic books and uh, movie serials and TV shows and cartoons. I think we briefly talked about it. There really has, from your perspective, there really, am I right? There there really haven't been any other iterations of the Flash character that has been on your radar too much. Am I right on that? I know the Sci-Fi Channel five, ten years ago tried to do a Flash Gordon. I never watched one episode of it. Um, I never watched the Saturday morning cartoon that you've talked about. It's strange because I am a comic book geek and I am a sci-fi geek. And usually when I like something, I will go seek it out in other uh, types of media. But for whatever reason, as much as I love this movie, I just I've never uh, really checked out anything else Flash Gordon based. For me, I did watch there was the one cartoon uh, that I have mentioned once or twice that I watched a couple episodes of and sort of boring. The the Flash, the, the version of the Flash that was in uh, the version of Flash Gordon that was in that wasn't particularly compelling. Uh, it's a good thing that they did Flash the way they did, where he's the likable, sort of dim jock, uh, because Flash can be a really boring character. Uh, there was one cartoon that I did like featuring him uh, from 86 to 87 called Defenders of the Earth. Pretty interesting cartoon where it took a bunch of pretty famous – it took three famous comic strip characters. It took Flash Gordon, the Phantom – uh, who got his own movie, gosh, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, Billy Zane. Billy Zane is uh, the Phantom. Uh, had the Phantom and also had Mandrake the Magician, which is another pretty well-known comic strip character, and had Flash the Phantom and Mandrake the Magician and their kids. Sort of a fun TV show because it did sort of what um, comic books had done for years where you would have the kids' sidekick that the viewers could uh, relate to. I think it was one of those syndicated cartoons that would appear in the afternoon after you would get back from school. And I remember that liking that uh, a lot. It's another one where I'm sure if I watch it now, it would be terrible. 
but Flash was a little more interesting because he was a dad. So him being the sort of bland, perfect guy made sense because he had the impulsive kid. Was Dale the mother? Dale was the mother. That's as it should be. Uh, I know they always would put Flash would always have the love triangle with him, Dale, and Aura, but. Hey, it, it was always supposed to be Dale. Yeah, of course. So, uh, yeah, if, if you have the chance, you can catch episodes of it on YouTube. For, I don't think it was a wildly popular show. It's a shame that that uh, Billy Zane movie was so bad, uh, because I liked the Phantom, and I would have liked there to be in a decent Phantom movie. Uh, a little bit of trivia, I am a uh, Bruce Campbell fan. Bruce Campbell was up for the role and got beat out by Billy Zane. I, I just imagine Bruce Campbell saying those lines would just be funnier. I, I like Billy Zane. He's a perfectly acceptable actor, but he's not funny. Bruce Campbell in that costume saying some of those lines would have been hilarious. Billy Zane is not, not someone you think of when you think of comedy. A- anything else for this minute? Nothing else for this minute, but everybody, starting next week, our first guest. Oh, and we got a good guest. Uh, I don't want to spoil it, especially in case something goes wrong before we record and we have to get someone else to yes. come. <laughs> um, but it is uh, someone who joined us on Minute of Darkness, where we talked about Army of Darkness. Fantastic guest. I'm really excited to have this person on. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be a great. Uh, it's going to be a great week. Eric, as always, I appreciate you're the person who said. Flash Gordon Minute in, in motion. This has been a fantastic ride, and uh, we're, we're going to get into some really cool stuff soon. So thank you so much for, for doing this and uh, letting me part, be part of the ride. I am I'm so happy that you're here with me. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff to be happy about. Uh, although one thing that is scary, they're, they're making the movie Now You See Me 3. and That just shouldn't happen. That's, that's There's no reason for that film to be part three. All the questions have been a- answered from the first two films, but I'm not scared. And, and Eric, why, why is that? Well, because he'll save you. You don't even have to enter the theater. He'll save you. Attention listeners! Coming up next week, Hot Hail Falls and Sparks Fly. As Flash and Dale begin their fateful journey, we welcome our first guest, Sean, from Groundhog Minute. Until then... You can follow us on Twitter at Flash Gordon Pod and join the conversation on Facebook in the Flash Gordon Minute Listener's Vortex. Stay tuned for our next thrilling episode of Flash Gordon Minute.